another Fret Dojo podcast. My name's Grego Rourke. I'm a jazz guitarist based in Australia, and it's fantastic to have you here today listening along to this podcast. In today's episode, we're going to be talking about one of the most important aspects of practicing jazz guitar, and it's learning vocabulary. Okay, so let's think about what makes a jazz guitarist great. You know, someone that comes to mind like Joe Pass. You know, Joe Pass had a lot of elements to his playing that were really powerful. He had great swing. He had a tasteful sense of how to shape a solo. And he could play, you know, hundreds of jazz standards at the drop of the hat. But the thing that really stands out to me about Joe Pass's playing is his command and mastery of vocabulary. He just knew so much of it. He could play uh, hundreds of lines in any key. He could manipulate those lines. He could thread them together to make a really good solo. A lot of his playing is actually based on phrases, uh, you know, from Charlie Parker. So he did his homework. He, he studied from the great masters and turned those ideas into something that was personally his own and worked really well on jazz guitar. So Joe Pass had a sheer amount of vocabulary, like a like a a huge amount that he could draw on, and that learning all these all this vocabulary and getting it under his fingers meant that he could sort of start to cross pollinate the ideas and come up with something new. So uh, I think uh, that goes to show how critical it is to uh, make vocabulary a central part of your daily practice as a jazz guitarist. So why is learning vocabulary so important? Well, it's kind of the equivalent of language, you know? So uh, if you try to learn a language like Chinese or Japanese or something like that, but you don't learn many words of the language, then you won't be able to speak the language. It kind of makes sense. Now, likewise, for jazz, it's the same. If you don't learn enough jazz words, then you won't really be able to improvise because you just don't have enough of the language at your disposal. Now, so when you play jazz, it is like a spoken language, but not in the way that you might think. It's not like necessarily you're talking to another person musically. What you're really doing is you're conversing with the harmony. The harmony is your conversation partner and you're communicating with the harmony and getting ideas to make sense in the context of that conversation you're having with the harmony. So if you don't know what to say at the right time in a language, then you won't make any sense. And likewise, when you're trying to speak jazz on your instrument, if you're not saying things that are appropriate in the context of the harmony at the right time, then it won't really make sense to the audience. So to be able to have this conversation with the harmony, you need to have, you know, the equivalent of words and sentences, but in a jazz context. But you, you really need to, to know them very well, but you also need to use them in, way, in a way that really clearly communicates what you're trying to say. It's not enough to uh, just know a whole bunch of words. You know, you need to know how to thread them together to make a coherent sentence and, and something that's, that makes sense to the ear of the listener. 
okay so so that that analogy between spoken language and uh, and the jazz art of improvisation is very close it's a it's a very good analogy now you know often when people try to learn jazz they they're looking at textbooks and things like that and they're reading a lot about the theory but they might be well versed in the mechanics and the labels that we put on uh, certain elements in in the jazz language but can they actually speak it can they actually play the things on the instrument so that's when I teach I really try to make sure that uh, people are learning to actually get on the instrument and play the ideas even if you don't really know the grammatical context of it yet you just need to get your hands dirty and start uh, you know speaking this language on the guitar so anyway, what is vocabulary, right? So there's there's a few different kinds. It's not just the one thing. You know, I'm having a look at um, this blog post that I wrote uh, on my website uh, recently, and um, there's a there's a little list that you can refer to here as to the different types of vocabulary. So we have pitch vocabulary, and that's like melodic patterns and phrases and things like that. There's rhythm vocabulary. You know, different subdivisions of rhythms, rhythmic motives, uh, familiarity with starting lines on different parts of the bar. So, so rhythm is something that kind of manipulates your pitch ideas. It makes it more interesting. And then another way you can manipulate your pitch ideas is with articulations. So articulations is another whole set of vocabulary. You know, the way that you play the notes on the guitar, such as putting slides in, putting accents in, staccatos, vibratos, uh, things like that. Uh, it's often overlooked, but but the you know the the melody the melody element is often just this this coat hanger of the skeleton which you hang everything off. So so those decorations that you hang off the melody, like articulations, rhythms, and so forth, that that's what makes the the music much more appealing. And then, of course, there's chordal vocabulary on the guitar. Uh, so that's that's a whole uh, extra kind of world that we need to work on as a jazz guitarist. You know, the different qualities of chords, the uh, uh, the different voicings. There's a huge amount of um, potential for creative improvisation and comping through uh, chordal vocabulary. So, so there, there's a few examples of vocabulary. Uh, also, you know, substitutions is a really good example of vocabulary. Uh, how to, you know, take what you already know, like a two-five-one line, but learn how to apply it, you know, as in a in a substitution, uh, like a relative substitution, or, or perhaps a, some sort of tritone substitution, uh, that sort of thing. So, so kind of knowing all this material, but knowing the ways to apply it. Um, that, that's all classed in this general kind of umbrella term as vocabulary. So, so anyway, a, a good jazz improviser will, will have all this at their fingertips. They, they know a good stock of melodies like short little phrases or longer lines. They, they've worked on their rhythms, they've worked on their articulations, they know how to uh, use some cool substitutions, and they've kind of got this at their disposal to employ. And when, when you have, have a large stock of raw material, that's when creativity can really start to manifest. 
uh, with improvisation, the creativity is usually the result of all the hard work you've done into memorizing all this material. Creativity doesn't kind of come out of thin air. It's a direct result of what, you're, uh, what you've been putting into your memory banks. And then through the natural kind of creativity of the mind, it combines and, and, and sort of uh, builds upon those ideas. But you have to have that really established before you can start to really uh, be creative on the instrument. So, so don't overlook the aspect of memorization as a precursor and complement to creativity. So, uh, so yeah, if you, if you feel like you're a deer in the headlights, right, when you take a solo, you probably don't have a large enough stock of this vocabulary or you're not familiar with it enough. Okay, so it's not just a case of knowing this stuff, you need to know it really well and to know it in context. You know, you might, for example, you might know a 2-5-1 line uh, in the key of C major really well, but do you know it really well in the key of G flat major? You know, have, are you able to spontaneously change the key of that line? So that's something worth thinking about. So uh, let's talk about common mistakes when learning jazz vocabulary now. So I would say mistake number one is skimming over material rather than diving deep. Now there is a difference actually from spoken language to a jazz language. You know, like you need to know quite a lot of words. Like if, if I was to fly to China right now and try to just randomly have a conversation with someone in a coffee shop, you do need to know quite a lot of words, you know, probably at least, you know, 500 to 1,000 words to even make any sense uh, as a, um, uh, to, to a native speaker in another country. But with jazz, it's kind of not like that. You, you don't need to know all that stuff. And this is where you, you need to kind of uh, separate from that analogy a bit. You definitely need to know uh, a bit of language, but it's not like you need to know, you know, a thousand jazz lines to be able to ha play a good jazz solo. To play a good jazz solo, you, you often just need a couple of lines that you know them really well and you know how to apply them in a, such a flexible way over different chords, different rhythms, substitutions. It, you know, you, you'll find that you don't really need that many ideas in music to make a really coherent solo. So that's the good news. You, you don't need to kind of uh, lock yourself up in a cave for five years and learn a thousand jazz lines. You probably only need to learn, you know, a, a, you know, 10 really good ideas to, to um, that, that'd keep you going for quite a while. So, and also, Jazz is more an artistic pursuit rather than a conversational pursuit. So it's not like you have to know all the other lines that other people use. You know, like let's take for example Pat Martino. You know, he he really only has learnt um, a, a few strong ideas. You know, those double time ideas that he's so well known for. But he knows how to apply them uh, in substitution so well that. It always sounds fresh, you know, but, but the, the melodic material, there's only a small set of ideas that he's employed, but he's just learnt them so, so well. So 
you, you might find that you, your particular style, you really like the sound of this player, you really like the sound of these substitutions, and you kind of really zero in on that, and you make that the kind of the core statements of your playing. So, uh, so don't, don't think you need to have to skim like a whole huge amount of material. You just need to dive deep on a few players that inspire you or a few approaches. And that, that really gives you quite a lot of raw material in music. All right. So let's um, uh, look at mistake number two that I think is, uh, is often done. So uh, players are inspired to learn a bunch of vocabulary and really build up their soloing techniques. And so what they do is they learn lots of big transcriptions of solos, you know, like they learn uh, all four choruses of a Wes Montgomery solo off smoking at the half note or something like that, or, or they, they, um, they learn the whole book of Charlie Parker. Now, now that, that is, um, a good way to learn a lot of aspects of jazz. It teaches you a lot about phrasing, uh, you know, narrative, how to kind of build the story in your solo. You kind of get a really nice sense of that when you learn a full transcription, play it along with the recording and stuff like that. Uh, but I don't think directly it will teach you uh, vocabulary in a way that it will stick in your playing. It's kind of like drinking out of a fire hose. Uh, there's just so much material in just one chorus of, say, a Charlie Parker solo that uh, if, you, if you just learn the solo by itself, it, it kind of won't give you the flexibility to use that material over other tunes or, or to use it as a springboard for your, your own ideas. You know, not directly anyway. It's kind of like it will get you there, but it's a kind of a more inefficient route, in my opinion. So... Uh, when you when you work with a transcription, it's definitely a good first step to memorize it and learn to play it along with the recording and stuff like that. But uh, you need to go further than that with a transcription. So you need to look at some specific ideas that are used in that solo, extract them, and then really hone in on those ideas and work with them uh, very deeply. So uh, a lot of players miss that last step of actually extracting those key ideas. And it's kind of a shame because all that hard work's gone into learning a transcription, uh, whereas you, you could have really got a lot more mileage and value out of it by going really deep into a couple of the ideas in, in the solo. It's not like you have to do that with every single idea that's played in a solo you might have learnt from someone else, but just taking uh, a couple of little ideas um, the, the ones that really, really appeal to you out of a solo and, and work with them and make them a core part of your playing. So uh, let, let's, let's sort of have a think about how I could um, uh, do this. Like let's say, I've, I'll just grab my guitar here. Let's say I've got a, a line, um, you know, like a 2-5-1 line that I've got from a, something like a Joe Pass recording. Like, like how about this one? It's a nice little phrase with a Lydian twist on the end of that. So uh, what I would do first with, with a line like this is learn, the, learn it in a, at least a few fretboard areas. Okay, if you just learn it in like one fingering, uh, then you'll find that it's not very flexible because you have to jump so far up and down the fretboard depending on what key you're in. And jazz 
often shifts keys really quickly. So I would learn it in a couple of fretboard areas at least, or probably three fretboard areas is usually really good for a line that you really like. Try to play it from memory as soon as you can, uh, rather than reading from the sheet music. Uh, when you read, sometimes it gives you the illusion that you know the line better than you actually do. Okay, so uh, next you can, uh, this is a, uh, a very easy way to memorize a line and make it more flexible, is that you take the initial line, and then just move the whole thing up one fret and see if you can play it up one fret. So we're changing the key, like this was in the key of C major, I'm now changing it up to uh, D flat major, one semitone up. And so I'm moving the whole pattern up one fret on the fretboard. Okay, so it sounds simple, but it's actually a lot harder to do that than you might think. And then you can go up to the next fret, uh, play it again, move up and down a few frets up the fretboard playing this line. It's a really, really quick way to um, get a sense of the pattern on the fretboard of a, of a line that you might learn. Uh, so, you know, doing things like that's really useful. Playing it around the circle of, uh, circle of fifths or, um, you know, if, or if you go around the other way, it's a bit better actually, the circle of fourths. You know, make a backing track that has a 2-5-1 progressions in various keys like that and attempt to nail the line in every key change. Um, you know, play it with different rhythmic patterns. You know, like um, uh, you could uh, play, it, play it in uh, eighth, in triplets instead, something like this. See, and all of a sudden it sounds like I've got a different idea there. Rhythm is a wonderful springboard for creativity by running it through a, a couple of different rhythms like that. Or just trying to vary the rhythms throughout the line, like... Um, so I did a little bit of melodic uh, variation there to kind of make it fit. But do you see how I've just got this, this sort of seed line and then by sort of embellishing it melodically, rhythmically, all of a sudden I get these new ideas coming in. So, so that's, that's, the, that's why memorizing something really well first is important because then your, your mind uh, can kind of do all the creative work with that material that you've learned. And then, you know, put on a backing track of a song that you might know, like All The Things You Are, try to play the line or bits of the line as many places as possible throughout the progression. And then, you know, look at the nuts and bolts of the line, like what concepts can you find within that? Um, you know, like for example, that this is a really interesting start on this line. Sounds a bit like Star Wars. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, it's, it, see how that's a really unusual melodic pattern. It's got these nice fourths intervals in that. And I could like maybe take that pattern and work that through a scale or, or see if I can apply that on different chords. Um, likewise, this little little pattern here in the line. Isn't that, isn't that lovely, that kind of um, uh, st starting, so in this line over the G7 chord. Uh, it's like it's got an F major 7 on the top, and then it's got like a an interesting G13 flat 9 sound, and then it's got 
C major 9 at the end. So uh, sort of looking out for interesting sort of uh, movements throughout the chords, the use of, uh, uh, of unusual tones and things like that. And then you can take those ideas out of, your, um, out of the line as well. So there's, a, there's an awful lot you can do with just a simple three-bar line like that. Can you see how, um, you know, I remember when I first learnt this line, like I was, I was playing it every day for about a week doing all these different exercises. And can you see how now it's like really firmly into my play? I can just play it spontaneously. I can do variation around it. And it's, um, and it's, a, it's a really nice melodic figure that I can incorporate into my soloing. So have a think about ways that, that you can practice as well these ideas. Like there's a, there's a million ways to skin a cat, as they say, so see what you can do and, uh, and what other exercises you can kind of think up and, uh, and run experiments on material like this. So, so that's really a, a key way that I've developed my own soloing skills, is to grab something from a solo it's not even like you have to learn a whole solo, you can just kind of listen to something that you, on a recording and go, oh, I really like that idea, and maybe just transcribe that idea, isolate it, uh, see the nuts and bolts of how it works and what's interesting about it or what you like about it, and make it the sole focus of your practice over a couple of days uh, using you know, the practice approaches that I've, I've covered in this recording. So, uh, you know, really focusing down on an idea and going deep on it is really, really important. Okay, well, I really hope you enjoyed today's um, podcast on uh, some tips on how to uh, learn vocabulary and incorporate it into your playing. Um, yeah, I wish you well in the practice room this week. And just a quick note, if you're interested in taking your jazz guitar skills further, I do offer a lot of courses and um, programs on my site, fretdojo.com. Uh, uh, there's, there's an academy there that you can enroll in with uh, a great deal of my courses included, and you can work through them in a very structured, progressive way. So uh, that might be something to keep in mind if, uh, if you haven't tried online learning before. It's actually, um, uh, it's a, it is a great way to learn jazz because of the way the material is all organized in a program like that. So, so have, a, have a look at that and um, let me know if you've got any questions about it. But yeah, um, thanks very much for listening today. And I look forward to sharing some more cool jazz guitar tips with you in future episodes of this podcast. Okay, guys, well, take care. And I look forward to talking to you in the next one. Bye for now.